it was a lot different back there. I mean, uh, uh, I was the number one pick for the Bears. I was the sixth player picked in the draft, and my contract was $12,000 with a $6,000 signing bonus. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. He certainly wasn't a plan for us to raise college and pro football players. So the moral of the story is take your 10-year-old son to Hooters. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today we have legendary NFL coach and player Mike Ditka as he shares how the sport has changed over the years, why some quarterbacks are true leaders, and advice for youth coaches. Last week, we had on educator Joe Dombrowski and learned how improv lessons helped him in awkward classroom situations. This week's guest has also spent some time teaching as the Super Bowl winning coach of the Chicago Bears. With Coach Ditka being such a powerful figure and leader, I started off by asking him, what qualities make a true leader? Well, first of all, you've you got to know what the job that has to be done is, and then you got to be willing to do it at all costs. I mean, I, you know, you look at whether it be a military leader or a, a, a great president of this country or a, a leader on a football team or, or any sports team, they're the guys that people want to follow, that they, they, they resonate uh, with, with a, uh, something that makes you want to just follow them. I, I can go back to, you know, guys I played with uh, when I first came in the, in the league and the, the guys who I responded to that way, who I knew, those are the guys I would follow into battle. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's the same with the generals. When you look at the generals at, uh, in, in the Army and the, and the admirals, I mean, these, these were people who were leaders. People wanted to follow them. They were willing to get in line and follow them because they knew they knew what they were doing. I don't think everybody can be a leader. I think you, it's only certain people are leaders. You've got to be a good follower sometimes. One thing you highlighted in your Hall of Fame induction speech was excellence. What does excellence mean to you? Well, I think excellence is being the best you can be with the God-given talents you have. Uh, I, I think maximizing your potential is your, if you can maximize as an individual your potential, then you reach excellence as far as you're concerned. But that doesn't mean you're going to be, uh, you know, hit 65 home runs or anything like that if you're a baseball player. You can only be as good as your talent allows you to be. You maximize your potential, and, and that's, to me, that's that's all you can do, and you know that, that maximizing your potential as a football player might mean you're a good you're a good guard, or you're Walter Payton. I, I'm not saying that that the only, the, they had potential, but they did they did bring it out. You look at the players today. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league. They're all good. I mean, I look at Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or whoever. They're all good, but they maximize their potential. They they make the people around them better, and that's what a leader does. What are kind of the steps you can take? Like just kind of sort of an, a, a person, they figure out where their talent is. What are the steps they can take to, to maximize that potential? As an, as an athlete, listen, you've got to be willing to pay the price. You've got to do whatever it takes to make yourself good enough to play the sport you're playing or, or strong enough to play the sport you're playing. I mean, I, I can go back to, you know, you know, people don't get to be good by by accident. I mean, some people are born with a lot of talent, but you just hard work and effort. I can remember when I was in Dallas and I was a player in Dallas, and my career basically could have been over, but it was resurrected by Tom Landry. And what he did, he put in a conditioning program, and we had a guy came in from California named Bob Ward, Dr. Bob Ward, and he put in a strength and conditioning program that was unbelievable. And 
it added years to my career, years to a lot of other careers of the guys in Dallas. But it it, it was something that we rallied around because we know we knew that when we went on the football field, nobody, nobody was going to be. It, it might have been faster. No one was going to outlast us on the football field, and that's what we believed. And because our conditioning was unbelievable, speed is something you you know you either have it or you don't. But but the will the will to do it is, is something that I, I think it endures, and 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 that becomes the most important thing. So I I, I think the greatest thing the Cowboys did really was when Coach uh, Coach Landry uh, hired Bob Ward, and they uh, put that strength and conditioning program in, and it you know it, it added laps to everybody, Dan Reeves, myself, Craig Ward. I mean Roger Staubach. I mean, a lot of good guys came out of that program, and it was basically because of what Bob did. Now, you've coached a lot of people, too. Who do you think got the most out of what they were given? Well, the greatest football player I've ever been around was Walter Payton. Uh, I don't know that he had the most talent, but he had the greatest heart and the greatest will. I think there's a lot of difference in that. I think you will yourself to be great. Uh, Walter was great in a lot of ways. He wasn't the fastest guy. Uh, pound for pound, he might have been as strong as anybody I've seen, but uh, he had a will. I mean, and I think the will is, is the thing that's so important. He refused to uh, go down. He refused to, uh, you know, let you tackle him, things like that. He uh, he found a way. He, 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 he put the pressure on the defensive guy. You know, usually it's on the offensive guy to make the defensive guy miss. He put it on the defensive guy to get him on the ground. And because he had that will, he wasn't going down. And I mean, I can, I can think back to some runs he made that were just incredible. You don't know how he did it, but it was, again, it was his will and his strength and his conditioning. He had all that. There's no question about that. But I think your will takes over somewhere along the way, and that's where it took over. How do you think the NFL's changed over the years in terms of toughness? Well, I just put it this way: that I played, I played with some great guys and were very tough, and I played against some of the greatest athletes there were. And I can go back and uh, talk about the Herb Batterleys and and you know all the guys that I played against, and uh, you know Sam Hopton. I mean, a lot of them. There's so many of them, but uh, played with Doug Atkins and some of the greatest Bill George, some of the greatest defensive football players in the league, and uh, of course got to got to play with Gail Sayers, who was magic in motion, and Coach Walter. And I mean, so I mean, it, 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 it this just it, it's, uh, it's changed. Uh, I think that 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 all of sport really. I don't know if the players really appreciate what they have. Uh, you know, football, baseball, basketball. It was an opportunity to do something you love to do and then get paid for it. But it's turned into a big, 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 big business now, and uh, it, it's a lot different now. So I can't fault them at all. I don't fault them one bit. I mean, they play and they get paid a lot of money, and God bless them. But uh, it was a lot different back there. I mean, uh, uh, I was the number one pick for the Bears. I was a six-player picked in the draft, and my contract was $12,000 with a $6,000 signing bonus. Now, <laughs> it's changed uh, a bit. I mean, you put everything in perspective and and, uh, and, and uh, led the league in receiving and uh, made rookie of the year and uh, all-pro my first year, and uh, you know what my second contract was? I don't. Twelve thousand. Twelve. Well, it was it was eighteen thousand. It was. I never got a raise. <laughs> it was the same as what I got the first year. So I mean, then again, it, that wasn't why I was playing the game. I played the game because I loved the game. I understand that you have to be in reimbursed for what you do, but I I would have played for nothing. But I didn't want to tell anybody that. <laughs> 
Now, you obviously, you know, you're a Hall of Fame player, too, uh, you know, you're, as you're talking about there. Now, right now in the NFL, it, you could go from talent, heart, style. Who plays the most like you played? Oh, boy, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody was as slow as me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I watch guys play, and I mean, I, see, I was a tight end. Gronkowski is a tight end. They're bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, it, it, the, the evolution of the human body in the game has changed so much. Uh, but the one thing that never changes is the will. The will to succeed, the will to work, I mean, the heart, the desire, things like that. Uh, that but, but if you look at the size, and, and uh, these guys today, uh, I, as I said, I was six foot two and a half, and I weighed 200. My, my playing weight was 212 pounds with the, with the Bears. And then, you know what that would be? I have, the running backs are bigger than that. <laughs> I, mean, every, I mean, that's nothing. So, I mean, I'm just saying that uh, it, it, the game has changed. It's bigger, faster, stronger, and more power to them because they're, they're better athletes than we ever thought of being. I mean, I wish I could say that, that we, I could play today's game the way it's played. I can't. No. Now, I, one of the things too, I know youth sports are huge today. If you were if you were talking to coaches or parents of you know, say, a ten year old or something, what advice would you give them? Well, I, I think I think you encourage if a kid has talent, you encourage him to play the sport. You don't force him to play any sport. If he doesn't want to play football or baseball or basketball or hockey, don't force him to. But if he does, I think you encourage him and you help him and you and and you try to put him in the best position you can. Uh, I think what youth coaches they have an obligation. And, and that's to teach these kids the best they can with the, what they know about the game and how to play the game. And I think that's the most important thing they can do at a young age. I had, I, I had, I started playing football. I don't know, it was a Catholic grade school in about fifth grade, I think. And I, of course, I was the smallest guy, and I got killed. I got murdered, but that's okay. But I learned things, and then when I got to high school, I learned more things. And finally, by the time I was a senior. I learned and I grew and I, I was a pretty good football player. I'm good enough to get a college education out of it. And that's all I really wanted. Now, you've played for some amazing people, you know, Landry, Hallis, you have George Allen in there. What what are some of the things that you took away from them? Well, I think you take away their passion and preparation. Uh, I mean, you know, everybody probably looks at Coach Hallis and then the preparation we put in back in the 60s now. And, 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 and to prepare for a game offensively, defensively, I think that's the biggest. I don't think anybody was, was more into that than Coach Landry. Uh, and, and maybe to a degree he probably got into it too, too much. But what, what a job he did with personnel and maximizing an individual's talent. You know, when I, when I got there, I, my, my career was basically behind me as a receiver. But he utilized a lot of things that I did pretty good. One was blocking. And, 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 he, and he made me feel that I was – really important to that football team at that time. And I, I really wasn't like the other guys. But then again, everybody's important because everybody's going to do their job or you don't get anything done. So <clears throat> my life changed dramatically and, and with uh, Coach Landry. And then I got to coach with him, of course, and then I got the Bears job. But, uh, you know, I, you know, everything in my life was really it, – I've thought about, geez, I would like to do this. And, and you know what? I did it in, in most cases. And and so that it's turned out pretty darn good. I've been very fortunate. Now, when you were still an assistant for the Cowboys, you know, with Landry, you'd, you'd written that letter uh, to to George Hallis asking him to maybe hire you someday as a coach. I said, just consider me if you're going to hire a coach. Just consider me. I'd like to come back. And I said, I think I would. Uh, 
I, I could uh, bring the Bears a champ, and that's what I said in the letter. I bring the Bears a championship. And when I got back there, uh, the cupboard was not bare, guys. The guy, the cupboard was not bare. There were a lot of good football players on that team, but nobody ever put it together. I mean, it was always the offense was fighting the defense and this and that. So you know, we needed a few things, and we we had a lot of things. We had Walter, but we needed a quarterback. You know, people whether they like um, McMahon or not, he was he was our answer. He was the guy for us, and he did the job. And he didn't take any crap from anybody, including me. And, and and you had to like that. So when I look at the other positions we filled in, we brought in people. We had we had Walter. We had Matt Suey. Uh, we brought in a lot of offensive linemen, you know, our, our two guards, you know, our left tackle. We brought those people in, and they, and they solidified our offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, defensively, the defense was pretty much intact, led by a lot of great players, Singletary and Hampton and Dan knows they're all in the Hall of Fame. And rightfully so, Gary Fensick and, and uh you know, so I mean it the like I said, I wish I could say that it was uh something that I did I didn't. A lot of it was almost all of it was there actually. We just changed a few things when we got there. I think the one thing we, we imparted to the football team as a staff was, Hey, why not the Bears? Why not us? Why not why shouldn't we be the champions? I don't think they ever looked at it that way. I mean, why should Green Bay or Detroit or, or Minnesota or anybody be any better than us? And, and we proved that. And then, uh, you know, we, we had a pretty good team for a run there. And, uh, you know, we, we maybe probably should have won more than one, but we didn't. But uh, we won one. Obviously, you know, Chicago's got that great tradition. What does it mean to you to be part of that tradition? Well, I, I mean, it, it's me. It's who I am. I mean, uh, if I if I... Would have played. Well, I did play for the Eagles and I played for the Cowboys, but uh, I'm remembered as a bear, and I'll always be remembered as a bear. I ended up coaching there, but I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's what I want to be. It's who I want to be remembered as as a Hallis bear, and I was I was picked by Hallis, and I would be a player, and I was picked by Coach Hallis to be a uh, a coach, and uh, those are the two most significant things that really have happened in my life. And the rest, you know, we, yeah, we've screwed a few things up along the way, but we did a lot of things right, too. So we're not going to uh, feel feel bad about the things we did wrong. Now, you know, you've been, you know, part of so many amazing, famous things. Uh, but one of the most famous, I think, is you got to say is uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, how did do you know how that all came about? And, and what was your initial reaction to it? Well, those guys, I knew some of those guys. <laughs> made them. They were crazy, and and I was crazy too as a coach. So they put it all together, and it turned out to be pretty daggone funny. I mean, it was pretty humorous uh, to see that on the air. So I mean, I you know, it, you, you think back then, it didn't. It, it's hard to believe now. You know, I was on what I was on, uh, just about uh, Johnny Carson, all those things. I mean, you don't see coaches doing that anymore. And probably I was nuts, and they were probably nuts to have me on. But uh, I mean, it, it, it was. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I I I think you can, you can be a great coach, and it, but you can, you can't be if you're a guy that's 24 hours a day football. Then you're going to be a very boring person. And you got a family life. You got another life. You mean you got you got things you you got you got to do. And and uh, I, I I had a full life. I mean, football was a major part of my life, but I had a full life. You know, so. Yeah, I, my wife just said I got a great wife. <laughs> I don't know who she is. So, no. uh, <laughs> now, what would your your wife say is the was the best thing about you having your NFL career as a as a player and a coach and a and a broadcaster? 
I, I would say that I was in the right place at the right time and did the right things. That's the only way I can say it. I mean, really, uh, the broadcasting thing was kind of icing on the cake. You don't you don't go into anything thinking you're going to be in broadcasting. I was fortunate. I I had worked for AB or NBC, CBS, uh, ESPN. I was fortunate to be able to work for those networks for that long, and uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I had a good time, and you know, all things uh, all things come to an end, but it was fun for a long time. What advice would you give to, you know, say a new coach that's coming in or, or just a new leader in their position? Uh, what advice would you give to them on, on being successful there? Well, first of all, you got you got to really evaluate the person there. What do you have? And you got to do you got to do it honestly. If you don't have what it takes, you got to go out and get what it takes. We're trying to get it as close to you think is, is what you have to have to win. I mean, you can't say, well, you look at the thing and you look at the film, you study the film, and you say, the left guard can't play. If he can't play, you better get a new one. That's all I can tell him. I mean, it's not a popularity contest. And you're not going to be, uh, you know, you, 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 you're going to be fired if, if you don't win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're, uh, 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 whether you're a nice guy or not. So, you know, to me, you got to do what you got to do. And, and then we started out with one goal. We, with Minnesota, Detroit, and the Green Bay, we had to try to control our division. And that's the first thing I wanted to do. And we got better. And when you can control your division, you've got a chance to win it. If you can't control your division, you're going to have a lot of problems. You've been successful at so many things, you know, as a player, a coach, a broadcaster. Which do you think you did the best? I, I think the, the, the will and the determination I had as a player, I think, were the most important things. I really do. Uh, the coaching thing, uh, I was in the right place at the right time, and I had the right guys. Uh, and that's the way I look at that. Uh, the broadcaster, that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> that's, a, that's, like, that's about talking about stuff you don't really know that much about, but you, you act like you do, you know. So uh, that's what I say on TV a lot. Who are you picking for the Super Bowl for 2018-2019? Uh, I, I, I don't do that anymore. I, I, I look at teams and I follow teams maybe uh, – you know, because of the coach or the quarterback, uh, you know, what they've done up in New England with, with uh, Bill and, and Brady, phenomenal, what they're doing in Green Bay. I, I love those two guys up there, Mike and, and uh, the quarterback. I, uh, I, but, I, but, but I like, I like, I like, I mean, I look at, I look at Team Toronto Lake, and I'm really, I like what they do. I like the way they, certain teams tight. <clears throat> I'm looking at the Bears now. They brought in a new coach, Coach Nagy. And they're trying to do the right things. And, and uh, you know, only time will count. That's, that, that's the only thing you can do. Try to do the right thing, put the right people in the right place, and then try to get a win out of them. Next week, we take an inside look at what really happened on Air Force One on 9-11 with Chief Pilot Colonel Mark Tillman. You won't want to miss this one. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. Associates. 
Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Yount, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast? 